and welcome to episode 9 of Set Your Mind to It with Michaela Campbell. This is a podcast where I share personal advice, tips and life experiences to help like-minded, ambitious young women to set their mind to it so that they can achieve their goals. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about why being busy isn't a good thing. This episode is going to be more of a why than a how or a tips episode like some of my other episodes have been because I've always wanted this podcast to be authentic and coming to you from a place where I'm only a step or two ahead in my personal development journey. I'm not having it all figured out. So this one, I haven't got all figured out, but I'm coming to you from a place of why I know it isn't a good thing because I've experienced it myself and I want to share what I've learned and I'm still working on trying to figure out the how to overcome it. Um, So I just want to share with you what I've learned about um, the signs that it's not a good thing to be busy all the time. So in this day and age, I think it's pretty common for everyone to be really busy and trying to do as much as they humanly can. Not everyone is going to be in the same boat with this, but if you're like me, you're into your personal development, you're wanting to improve yourself, but you're also just trying to do it all and be it all, then this episode might be a good one for you to listen to, to figure out why being busy isn't necessarily a good thing for you. So the number one thing that I think um, is behind people being busy or keeping themselves busy or why I keep myself busy is because it's massively tied to self-worth. And hang with me here because this might sound a bit strange to start with, but by the end of this episode, you'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. I totally understand how that works. But for me, I know that I always try to do a lot. And I didn't realize this is why I was doing it. I didn't realize it was tied to my self-worth. But I've always been someone who likes to have a lot on my plate. I like to just try to do it all, I guess. Um, So I will be working. I'll have uni. I'll have tons of social events on. I'll be trying to get in lots of regular exercise. And then I'll be trying to find time to relax. And just anything that you can think of, I will normally have it on my plate. So this might go against what you've kind of heard in my other episodes because you're like, but you had an episode on how to be more productive or how to get more done and I talked about these time management tips I'm still in the process of working it all out so I've learned how to get more done and how to do things more productively but I haven't fully overcome why I keep myself busy I know the reason but it's still something I'm working on Um, so for me I get to feel good or I do feel good when I'm productive so for me If I'm doing lots, if I get to feel like I'm contributing and I'm producing, then I feel good. I feel like I'm important. It improves or I tie it to my self-worth. But it's not necessarily a good thing. So on a biological level, the reason that being busy and getting lots done can feel good is because whenever you achieve something or complete a task, dopamine is released, which is a feel-good chemical in the body so there is a bit of a biological reason to it but it is very much a mental game as well I think in terms of the thoughts that you're thinking about why you're keeping yourself busy and what you're making it mean so for me I get to say oh well I managed to do a full-time uni load of you know that's supposed to be 40 hours a week and I managed to work 20 or 30 hours at work and I got to hang out with my friends and I still did all this. 
like if I manage to do all that and that's more than what should be doable I guess because you know if you go off the fact that uni is a full-time load and then I've done more work on top of that and I'll fit more in then I get to be like oh well I'm worth more I'm more you just tied up with self-worth like I don't know how to word it um nicely but I'm sure you know exactly what I mean is it's just tied up to self-worth and you doing it in a sneaky way by keeping yourself busy but being productive um definitely has its place to get things done but if you're doing it to feel good then it's pretty problematic and I have definitely been guilty of this and something I'm still working on um so using it to feel better about yourself is what a lot of people do um and then a second part of it is being busy can also be a coping strategy it can be a numbing strategy which is what Brene Brown says in her book Daring Greatly um she calls it crazy busy, which I think a lot of us relate to that, that, you know, we keep ourselves crazy busy um, and we kind of brag about it sometimes as a good thing, I think. And this is something in society that it's almost like a status symbol. People will use it to be like, oh, I'm so busy. And you use it to relate to other people. So, you know, there's that bit of pleasure that comes from relating to other people. It becomes a bonding experience. But in society, I think we kind of say, oh, if someone's really busy, that's a good thing. We praise them for being busy and getting lots done and how hard they're working. Um, I think we definitely pride ourselves and others on if they can be a hardworking and, you know, successful individual. So there's a bit of status with being busy because, oh, well, if you're busy, then you're more likely to be successful or maybe you already are successful. So this isn't necessarily the case. You don't need to be busy to be successful, but I think from a society's point of view, there's definitely a lot of status around, you know, being crazy busy, as Brene Brown would say, or just being a busy person. I don't think we ever say, oh, I'm so busy, like this is, we don't like it, but we kind of brag about it because we're like, oh, well, it is a good thing that I'm managing to do it all. And I think there's also a bit of guilt from society on the other side, if we're not busy, that if we're not contributing or we're not producing, that then there's a bit of guilt put onto the individual who's not doing their best to do everything and be everything. Um, I know just one example, like this is a little bit maybe not politically correct, but you hear people say it, you know, like I've definitely heard it from older generations about, you know, people being dull bludgers, which is just goes to show you that how much it's ingrained into our society. I'm not agreeing with that term by any means, but just to give you an example of we as a society have terms for people that you know aren't contributing and they're not doing enough which shows you how much we put value on people being busy and contributing so that's something to consider that there is a lot of outside pressure to be busy and to do as much as you can Um, but from an individual perspective it can very much so so this was the point I'm coming back around to is that it is a coping strategy to avoid negative emotions. And I definitely know this is true for me. So it's tied to my self-worth because I get to feel good when I am busy, but I also use it as a way to avoid my negative emotions. So for some people to avoid negative emotions or feeling crappy, they might drink, they might do drugs, it might be overeating, binge watching Netflix. Um, Everyone's got different coping strategies. But another one is, unfortunately, 
keeping busy and it just might seem to have less side effects than say doing drugs or drinking every day or those kind of things but it's still a coping strategy and there is still a bit of fallout in the long term if you are constantly keeping yourself busy because you're too afraid to slow down then there will be negative consequences and I think that most people will have some experience with this if you do keep yourself really consistently busy at like an unhealthy level I think um, it eventually leads to burnout and the downside is it's just prolonging the inevitable emotions that you're trying to avoid feeling so you'll feel exhausted and then you won't be able to control your emotions and you'll just end up feeling those emotions that you didn't feel a month ago or a year ago whenever it was that you've been putting it off from um and I think another thing that people have done or that is the reason that people keep themselves busy as a coping strategy is because it's worked in the past so as humans we learn what works and we learn what doesn't and those things that work we continue to do them again and again um and that's something that if you've been able to keep yourself busy and you manage to avoid feeling any really negative emotions, then you're very likely going to do that again because in your brain you probably waited up as, all right, well, if I'm busy, I might feel some negative emotion because I'm stressed and gives me a bit of anxiety to try and juggle it all. But I also didn't have to feel any very deep serious negative emotions because they were repressed I didn't have time to focus on them so it's a matter of weighing it all up and seeing which one had the most positive or negative experiences and for most people they would have found that being busy there was more pleasure to be gained from being busy than to face the emotions um, that they've been avoiding so for me to give you a bit of um, background on where I'm coming from in keeping myself busy and why I know that I do it um, as a coping strategy and why I know it's tied up to my self-worth. For example, during isolation, and this is another question to ask yourself, um, are you uncomfortable with the thought of not doing anything? So as you're listening to this, ask yourself, if you had a day where you were told, all right, calendar's cleared you're going to do nothing for the day what does that cause you to feel do you feel excited because you get to do nothing and this isn't doing so I guess what I'm trying to say is do you start to think of all the things you could feel that feel that day with because I'm not saying oh you've got the day off go and do things like go out and explore an adventure or go out with friends I'm saying you've been given the day and you have to do nothing Does that excite you because you know that you can chill in your own company or does that scare you? Do you start to feel a bit anxious? Do you start to feel your tummy turn? Do you start to go, oh, like, no, like you start to try and think of things that you could fill that time with because a whole day of doing nothing might be kind of scary. And I've got a couple of examples of how I've experienced this and why I know that I definitely use being busy as a strategy is when I, well, during isolation, for example, um at the start of it I really struggled and I think everyone struggled in different ways with having to be in lockdown and only having four reasons to leave the house 
as someone whose work stopped working in a gym, um, whose uni went to completely online and then stopped because it was only a couple of weeks left of the theory block that I was in at the time, I was faced with having to accept that as someone who's kept themselves busy through, so up through year 12, kept myself crazy busy throughout all of that, through my gap year, kept myself busy with work and then uni, kept myself busy with a Cert 3-4 as well as uni. I've always been someone who's kept themselves really busy. When it came to isolation, not having any of those things, like they were all taken away, work was taken away or it stopped. I shouldn't say taken away because that's a little bit negative, calling myself out there, but didn't have work. Uni was going to finish and I actually had to face that the reality was I was going to have to spend more time at home and there was only so much Netflix I could binge watch and only so much exercise I could do. I was going to have to be comfortable not doing a lot. And that really, I think some people will really relate to this. Some people will be like, what? Like, Michaela, just enjoy it. Like, I know I've got friends that can quite happily fill a day and just potter about. For me, I actually got quite stressed about all of that. Like, that made me quite anxious to think about all the extra time I was going to have I was like what am I going to do with myself and literally once they announced lockdown I remember I had I was going through my phone today and saw in my notes that I had things I was like hobbies or like things to do if you get bored like go buy some jigsaw puzzles and I was looking at buying books and um I had all these things I wanted to do like paint my wall buy a new bookshelf rearrange my room start doing you know yoga every day start drawing rearrange a cupboard clean out old clothes and my list went on and on and I was like all right sweet that was reassuring to me which sounds a bit strange now even just saying it out loud but I felt reassured by having this massive list of things that I could do because for me it was way scarier to not have things to do to distract myself because if I didn't have all those things to do what would I do? I'd have to be pretty comfortable in my own company. And I spoke about in the last episode how I'm comfortable at with being alone, but that's because I have things to do during those times. I will, you know, have Netflix or I'll procrastinate. And that's another thing. Procrastination is tied to your self-worth as well. Um, but procrastinating or study or I'll always have things to do because I've got a, like a list of things in my head that I'm always going to be working on and I know myself now well enough to know that I feel more comfortable being stressed than being bored which sounds strange but let me dive into it a bit more I'm really really uncomfortable with being bored and think about this for yourself as well can you actually sit down and do nothing can you go 10 minutes without your phone so no phone no tv no anything like if you think if you tried meditation that's a good example of it but with meditation that might be guided as well can you just do nothing for 10 minutes if I think about my past 24 hours or my past week I don't think I've had well I do do a little bit of meditation but besides that I haven't had 10 minutes And even with meditation, there's normally someone's voice playing. I always have an app that guides me through my meditations. Um, I haven't had 10 minutes where I'm not doing something. From the minute I get up, 
phone is on me and then it's, you know, work out, work, eating for, you know, breakfast or lunch and then doing whatever I've got plans throughout the day, whether it's podcasting or studying or walking my dog or I've got all these things that I'm doing and I literally don't spend 10 minutes in a day not doing anything. I would have my, like if I'm having dinner, I might have Netflix on or I'll have a book or if I'm cooking up some meal prep, I'll have some music on or even if I'm just doing meal prep, you're still doing something even if you don't have, you know, music or Netflix playing. But I'm very guilty of going throughout my day, going go, 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 go all the way through and even when I'm not doing something, if I'm, you know, laying on my bed, I'll be on my phone or I'll be watching Netflix there's never time where I'm not doing something so this is how I know I'm very guilty of keeping myself busy because I avoid at all costs just sitting in my own emotions and this is what it comes down to is that most of us aren't comfortable to sit in our own emotions for any amount of time Um, we don't really get taught it at school we don't get taught how to process our emotions it'd be amazing if we got taught more about emotional intelligence but reality is we don't and a lot of us don't know how to sit without any distractions especially with phones these days it's so easy to be like oh yeah I'm good with my own company but you're still on your phone you're still having something to distract you from what's going on in your mind so for me if I don't have anything one of my other things is I do tend to overeat which means just snacking snacking is the same as keeping yourself busy in terms of it's a distraction from having having to actually face your emotions um so I think it's important to just be aware that you're doing it to distract yourself um because I know I am definitely very guilty of it and I've got some examples here of things that I am normally avoiding feeling so for me I didn't even realize that I was this uncomfortable to sit with boredom is one of the emotions I know and most people be like oh it's just boredom try actually sitting with boredom like actually I know for myself I'm a lot more comfortable feeling stress than I am feeling boredom which I think I said before like it sounds strange but because I keep myself so busy that's my normal that's one of my like go-to emotions which is something I'm trying to work on but I'm aware of it is that stress is like one of my states of being that's normal and so that's more comfortable because your brain always wants you to be back in a state that takes less energy because if you're in a state that your brain's used to being in then that's easier for your brain so it's the thought patterns whichever thoughts are it's the repetitive thinking your brain likes to just be on a constant loop any new thinking requires more energy so our brain as a survival mechanism always goes back to the same thought patterns and loops and for me that's one of stress unfortunately just it's the way I am um something I'm definitely working on and something that can be changed but I'm aware that that's where I'm at at the moment is that I happily go to stress over boredom which means that I would much rather keep myself busy and be stressed about it than be bored and have nothing to do and um, I think that's an 
example of the fact that I started a podcast during ISO. I would much rather have had something to do that I could be stressed and worried about and trying to figure out than just in do nothing. Like I just couldn't handle that. So for me, I'm always doing something to avoid the boredom. Another emotion that I know I avoid, and I'm giving you all these examples. For me, this is from a very personal perspective because hopefully you'll relate to it as well in some way, shape or form. I don't want to come at this episode from a preachy point of view because I don't think I've got things to preach on this topic. I think I've just got my own experiences to share in the hope that you um, can relate to it in some way, shape or form. So my another emotion that I think most people can be like, yeah, this one makes sense. You'd want to avoid it is feeling sad. And I've done episodes on, you know, you're responsible for your own feelings. No one else is. But the thing is, if you're responsible for your own feelings, that means you're responsible for feeling sad. You do have to control the thoughts that are creating that feeling of sadness, which is much easier said than done. So a lot of us would rather stay busy or whatever other coping strategy that we're using, use that strategy than to have to try and do the thought work to feel differently. So if we're having thoughts that are making us feel sad, It's a lot easier said than done to be like, oh, don't think that thought. Our brain, like I was saying before, is on a very repetitive loop and will continue to just repeat the same thoughts and it takes more energy to get out of that thought pattern. And the other thing is with the way that our brains work is neural pathways get strengthened the more that you use them. So if you are someone who, like for example, for me, stress, go to, I unfortunately will have strengthened those pathways because it's my thoughts that I go to all the time. Same for if you're someone who feels sad a lot of the time, those neural pathways get stronger and therefore you can say, oh, well, stop thinking that thought. A lot easier said than done because that neural pathway has been strengthened. So you've got to do a lot of work to decondition that pathway. You've got to make a lot of effort to keep thinking new thoughts And eventually over time, yes, of course you can reprogram your brain, but it takes effort and a lot of people don't want to put in effort, especially when there's easier fixes. So this is why it's a coping strategy because yes, and even saying this, like I can see the how I can stop being busy, but it's a lot easier to use a coping strategy than to put in the hard work to rewire your brain and change your go-to thoughts or even just to actively control the thoughts that you have so that you're not feeling sad and There's a lot of us out there that don't even know that you can control your own feelings. I think for me, it's something I definitely believe and just accept as a common belief now, but I'm sure that's not the case for everyone and that some people feel or would believe that if they're sad or bored or the other emotions I'll go through in a minute, um, that they're not in control of that. So then they're going to choose to use a coping strategy because they'd be scared that once they start to feel an emotion, they won't be able to stop it. And that's one of my other points that I've got here is that a lot of people will use a coping strategy such as being busy because they've got a fear that if they allow their emotion, so if they take the time to process it, that it won't stop, that it'll be never ending and that they'll have to do something different to stop that emotion. And I know a lot of people, like for an example, if we're going on the emotion of sadness, a lot of people are afraid to let themselves feel sad and to cry because a lot of people think that 
if they let themselves cry and feel sad, that those tears won't ever stop. And I know from my own experiences, it's not the case. If you actually let yourself process an emotion, it doesn't go forever. And this is something you've actually got to experiment with because it's one thing to hear me say it. And I haven't done it with all of my emotions. I feel like this is something I've still got to do a lot of work on. But when I have done it, I can go, oh, wow, there is an end to this emotion. So, for example, if you let yourself feel upset, and yes, you can choose your emotions, but a lot of the time there is reasons that you might want to feel sad or upset. If someone dies, if you go through a breakup, then you might want to feel sad. You might want to grieve. So choosing to feel sad, let yourself cry those tears. And tears are just a good way to kind of see that emotion I guess because you're expressing it in a physical sense with a lot of other emotions it's not such a clear sign so that's why I'm using this example but if you let yourself cry you let yourself feel as sad as you need to feel or as sad as you feel at that situation your tears won't last for 12 hours you'll actually find that they come and go in waves so you cry it out and then you start to go let it out. Don't try and stop yourself. If you try and stop yourself, then it's different. If you let it ride its wave, you let yourself feel those emotions. You might find after five minutes, after 30 minutes, maybe after two minutes, like it'll just depend. It could be an hour depending on you and the intensity of your emotions. If you ride that wave out, there will be an end to it. I promise you. And it sounds weird if you've never actually done it. Cause I think when I was younger, I was never encouraged to cry like as a kid. I I feel like that's pretty common that as a society, we don't really encourage people to cry. Maybe it's becoming more common. I don't know. But as a kid, I definitely feel like I wasn't encouraged to cry and feel my emotions. It was more of a, you know, get on with it um, type of situation. But as I've gotten older, I've let myself be a person who does cry. I don't see that as a bad thing. I think I used to see that as a weakness. Now I don't. Now I just am like, well, I feel sad. I'm going to let the tears out, going to cry about it if I need to. And I've learned that actually there is an end to it. It's not like I will start crying and that's the never-ending emotion. And I think that's what a lot of people have a fear of, that they're so scared that their emotions will be so deep, so intense, so uncontrollable that they won't be able to stop them. And yeah, of course, if if like anyone thought that they couldn't control or an emotion that it was never going to end and it was a negative emotion of course you're going to want to avoid feeling it it would make sense to run away and do every kind of strategy you could to avoid feeling it but what I've learned is that they do and each emotion is like a wave that you can ride so imagine hopping on that surfboard if you're at the beach and each emotion you ride it to the beach until it completely just tapers away to nothing and an emotion is like that and you might not believe me now because it sounds weird But give it a try if you're feeling sad one time and see how long it takes you to feel it. And it'll give you so much comfort if you let yourself fully experience it from start to finish because then you'll know next time that there's going to be an end. Um, I cannot say it enough that I feel like a lot of people just assume that an emotion will go on forever because you're going to be like, but Michaela, like if I'm still thinking the same thought, then shouldn't I just keep on feeling the same emotion forever? I think a massive part of this is thoughts are one thing, feelings are another and feelings do have a start and end and 
that might be because during that process your thoughts change as you take the time to feel that emotion and work through it um your thoughts might still be similar but I can promise you that emotion the intensity of for example sadness does pass um but I feel like I've spoken a lot about sadness because it's got that good example of you know crying and being able to tell the start and finish but another emotion that I know I definitely um am uncomfortable feeling and sucks to say it because I feel like the last episode was about the opposite of this is being lonely so last episode was all about being happy on your own and being comfortable being alone without being lonely but underneath all of that most people me included don't like feeling lonely and that feeling of loneliness was being disconnected um feeling empty and all of those kind of negative things um I guess from last episode I think I was definitely coming from the point of view that I've gotten a lot better at not feeling lonely um that's still true but I think it's still an emotion that I don't like feeling um and that's being completely honest I don't think anyone likes feeling lonely there's a lot of things in the last episode that I shared that help to avoid feeling lonely because you're doing things to proactively change that emotion um, so that you don't have to feel it. But sometimes there is still those things that happen in life that make you go, wow, I do feel disconnected and God damn it, I feel lonely. And so busyness then becomes the way to cope with, well, oh, well, I'm too busy, so I can't feel lonely because I'm too busy at work and you just use it as that coping strategy. Um, For me, another one is feeling shame or sometimes I have a bit of trouble relating to the word shame just because I think growing up, I haven't heard it used much in the context of a feeling that we have. I know in the personal development world, it's definitely used a lot, but I still struggle to feel like um, or struggle to relate to that and say that I feel shame. For me, what I can understand more is a feeling of unworthiness and I think they're kind of are quite similar so whether it's shame or unworthiness they are definitely emotions that I want to avoid feeling I've done a lot of work on figuring out that I'm a perfectionist and it's definitely a future episode I will do soon um one of the next ones I'd probably say um but a lot of being a perfectionist and if you are you will relate to this is not feeling good enough and that's where the shame and not feeling worthy it all just comes down to a very deep rooted belief that you're not good enough um, and that's something no one likes to confront and no one likes to feel and so as a perfectionist I keep myself busy to avoid feeling that I'm not good enough and this is where the self-worth comes into it so Rather than having to deal with the thoughts that I'm having deep down that I'm not good enough, I would rather just keep myself busy. And like I said, this is why this episode is about the why, not the how, because still trying to figure that all out, because I think this is going to be something that I'll be working on for life. Um, It's not going to be something that I'll have figured out in the next six months. I think this is a long lesson, because I think that for everyone, we've all got doubts and insecurities about whether we're good enough they come up in different shapes and forms Um, but if you're a perfectionist it's definitely 
may be a lot stronger and I'll do the episode about perfectionism so that you can understand that it's not just someone who keeps things tidy it's probably the opposite of that um that makes you a perfectionist and it's a lot more common it's not just you know one or two percent of the population perfectionism is a mindset that is very common in this day and age so I think a lot of people will avoid feeling shame avoid feeling that they're not good enough by keeping themselves busy because it's like not the antidote because it's not a good thing (laughs) Um, but it's the opposite if you can keep yourself busy then you give yourself that sense of well I'm doing things I'm producing things I am good enough Um, some other emotions that I do avoid feeling but probably to a lesser extent are stress and anxiety I was saying before that I feel a lot more comfortable with stress than I do with boredom which sounds strange I know every time I say it out loud I'm like that just isn't going to make sense to people but hopefully you'll understand it because you might relate to it yourself that you actually don't ever let yourself really get bored you'll let yourself procrastinate but you're more comfortable with procrastination and stress than boredom but for me I still avoid feeling stress and anxiety because they're still negative emotions which means that sometimes I'd rather keep myself busy than pause and actually deal with the cause of my stress so I think at the moment as well I'm definitely in the midst of this um, which is why I thought it's probably a good time to record this episode but I feel like I'm keeping myself quite busy between having an upcoming placement that I should be studying for I've got an end of year big presentation for uni that I need to be preparing I've dedicated myself to doing a weekly podcast I'm now back up to doing lots of hours at work and I've taken on a whole new PT client load that I'm really passionate about giving them the best of my abilities so again I've taken on a massive load coming out of ISO um, and the only reason I'm saying that it's a massive load is because I'm causing myself stress it's could be manageable but I'm not managing my thoughts and my time effectively around it I'm letting myself get stressed about podcasting and letting myself get stressed about uni and I feel like this is probably more of an authentic insight into myself because for me it would be very easy to come onto this podcast and tell you oh you know I've got it all figured out this podcast is going so well uni's going so well it's all you know happy days but the reality is it's a juggling act (laughs) it's I feel like I should be doing better with all of it and I think there might be another podcast episode I might need to do on this but um yeah there's a lot of stress and anxiety that can come up when you're trying to keep yourself or you are keeping yourself busy but then I'm also not willing to stop so I'm causing myself stress and anxiety is what I'm trying to get to um but I'm not willing to stop and feel that either (laughs) so I know that I'm keeping myself busy I'm procrastinating with the uni stuff and even the podcasting episodes probably should be doing them earlier but be honest with you I'm not um I'd like to say I've got it all figured out and that they're all organized weeks in advance it's not quite the case Uh, and I feel like I should be more together with it all Um, but I'm not willing to stop being busy to sit down and face those emotions because they're still 
emotions that I'm avoiding with busyness, even though the business is causing them, if that makes sense. Bit of a roundabout way to explain that. And then the other thing I think that being busy is used to avoid is just situations um, and circumstances in life that you might not be content with and relationships that you're not happy with or satisfied with or there might be something going on. So by this I mean maybe you're not happy with work. Maybe you're wanting to work your way up your ladder or your career ladder or you know you've got a co-worker that you're not getting along with maybe it's a family situation that you know you're not happy with something going on within your family maybe it's friends maybe you feel like there's friendships that you know you'd want more from there might be something going on in your life in any area is basically what I'm trying to say that you're not content with that you feel should be different and isn't and rather than putting in the effort to change things whether that be to resolve a problem in a relationship with a friend or a family member or a partner or you know rather than speaking to your boss about that pay rise that you might want or that promotion or rather than quitting the job that you're not happy in anymore maybe you're keeping yourself busy to avoid having to deal with any of these situations um, or circumstances that aren't to your liking they're not you know what you would create for yourself if you could create your perfect life those aren't the circumstances that you would choose so you're feeling discontent but rather than actually feeling that discontent the dissatisfaction you're keeping yourself busy so you don't have to deal with it because it's a lot easier to keep yourself busy and avoid feeling or you might still feel a bit of discontent but you're not going to fully feel it because you're not going to let yourself you're going to be go 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 and it's easier to feel a little bit of discontent rather than actually facing the reality that things aren't the way you'd like them to be because if you do that then you have to accept that it's up to you to make the changes and that's a lot more uncomfortable because if it's up to you to make the changes then that means you need to take action and that's often where the most discomfort is. A lot of people are a lot more comfortable with things staying the same than they are with change or having to take action to change things. And I think we see that with people stagnating in jobs and doing the same job with that they're not happy with because they're a lot more content to just stay in the same routine than they are to step outside their comfort zone so if there's a situation or a circumstance in your life that you're not happy with it's probably the reason you're keeping yourself busy is because then you don't have to deal with making a change because that's often a lot scarier most people would rather just stay the same Um, but if you're listening to this podcast hopefully you're willing to take the risk to make the change Um, that's definitely what I'm focusing on at the moment so hopefully this will inspire you too as well um so that's kind of my main points that I wanted to talk about about why being busy isn't a good thing so a bit of a summary is that if you're keeping yourself busy it's most likely tied to your self-worth so being busy can potentially be a good thing if you haven't got it tied up to your self-worth and if you're not using it as a coping strategy but my chance 
my guesses are the chances that you are tying it to your self-worth that you're validating yourself by doing more trying to be more and meaning that you are more when it's not the case but that's what you're making it mean you might also be using it as a coping strategy or a numbing strategy to avoid negative emotions and that can be any negative emotion but you're just using it as a strategy to avoid feeling them another sign that being busy isn't a good thing for you is that you're uncomfortable or really anxious about the thought of downtime so like I was talking about during the episode coming into isolation that gave me a lot of um, anxiety about that another example I had on that as well before I wrap up the episode was just so that if this relates to you you can be like I think examples are really handy because then you can relate to them if it you know rings true with you I had a day during placement so I was in a little rural town and I had one day off that was a public holiday in that town but not elsewhere and I got really quite stressed about this one day off so public holiday didn't have to go to placement that day and I was staying in a little student dorm and I had nothing to do I was at the start of placement like I was one day in it was literally the second day we got off being in town for one day and then they gave us that day off and it stressed me out something shocking because I didn't have a gym there to go to because it was a very little town didn't have my dog to walk didn't have my friends to see no one else had the day off because it was a different public holiday for back home to where I was staying um didn't have anyone there on placement to hang out with during that day and I was like holy crap didn't have internet I think at that point either um hadn't hooked up to it I was like what on earth am I going to do with myself and I was so stressed about having one day off I was like I wish I hadn't have sent us a placement for one day and then given us a day off in a town that I have nothing to do um and the thought like I couldn't comprehend the thought that I was going to have to sit with myself and I didn't even know what I was going to do this was not too long after going through a breakup so I was really and this is how I know this is why I wanted to include this example here at the end this is how I know that I use being busy to avoid my negative emotions because that was a time when I was having a lot of negative emotions that I was still working through and was scared to process this is why I was reinforcing to you that they do the emotions do end if you let them but I was so scared to sit with those really really intense emotions um so it's probably key I probably should let it start this little story and side note that it was kind of fresh after a breakup but I was so scared to sit with those emotions that like the days leading up to it I was calling people being like what do I do with my time like I ended up going to another city like a town it wasn't a city it was that rural went to a town for something else to do and everything was still shut because public holiday but I was just so stressed at having to face my emotions and that's why I know that it's still a strategy that I'm still using um, and still working on because when that strategy was taken away from me I was terrified at having to face my emotions so maybe this example might it's a little side note but maybe it will help you to realize that oh yeah I've been in a similar situation where something like that happened or I had a day off work when no one else did and I actually 
wasn't and I think this is I was gonna say wasn't excited about it because for me if it was a day off in my hometown where I had lots of things to do it would have been fine because distractions so it's still keeping busy this was a really unique situation where all my normal things my routines that I would have done to keep myself busy were removed and just simply studying for the day for a whole day wasn't going to be enough of a distraction from my emotions and so when you're feeling positive a day off and not being busy all the time mightn't be the worst thing because you're like oh well I'm not avoiding anything and you might even be listening to this episode if you're still listening and be like Michaela I'm having really positive emotions like I'm not keeping busy to avoid negative emotions they don't have to be the most intense or deep ones I just know from my own experiences that's when I've seen it the most but maybe it's just the fact that you're not comfortable sitting in your boredom um so just have a think about it see if it relates to you and in the future hopefully I'll have some more tips to share with you about how to overcome being busy but I think anything that I can say now is going to be something that you could probably guess anyway such as do the thought work do your journaling um do your personal development work basically to get comfortable with yourself sitting with your own thoughts but I don't want to do the episode on that I just want to finish it on those are the reasons why being busy isn't a good thing that you're probably using it as a coping strategy and tying it to your self-worth so be on to yourself if that's you hopefully this has given you some insight um, if you've loved this episode I hope you have taken something from it it would mean the world to me if you could jump on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening to this on and give the podcast a review if you haven't got time to write a review just give the podcast a rating a five-star rating would be amazing if you've enjoyed it and if you're loving these episodes and you found this episode or any of the others in particular helpful please it would mean so much to me if you would take a screenshot and share it onto your Instagram stories. I'm at set your mind to it followed by an underscore on Instagram. Share it to your stories so that hopefully this podcast can get out to more people and help more people if it's helped you. So thank you so much for listening and I'll chat to you next week. Bye.